0: What will the world be like in the last days? One significant clue the Bible offers is a fascinating look at New Babylon. More than one-tenth of the book of Revelation is devoted to prophecies about this city. How are we to understand these prophecies? Find out on today's program.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View from the Wall.
0: Welcome to A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, here along with co-host Joe Kerr, Managing Editor at I Am A Watchman Ministries. And as we consider Bible prophecy, one of the most mysterious topics is the identity of New Babylon. Where is it and why is it so important? To answer, we've invited Dr. Ron Rhodes, author of the book New Babylon Rising, a fascinating title from Harvest House Publishers. Let me tell you about Dr. Rhodes as we begin. Dr. Ron Rhodes is president of Reasoning from the Scriptures Ministries and is heard regularly on Nationwide Radio. He's the author of more than 70 books and we're excited to have him here with us today. Dr. Rhodes, welcome to A View from the Wall.
2: Well, thank you, it's my pleasure to speak with you today.
0: Well, we are honored to have you here with us, Dr. Rhodes, and we just wanna dive right in and talk about your book. I said before we came on the air for the program, That there have been many people talk about this idea of New Babylon or Mystery Babylon that's featured in Bible Prophecy. But I believe that your book does the best and most thorough job of explaining its identity and importance. So we are going to let you give the explanation. But as I look at the introduction, it gives all these facts about Babylon and why it's important and what we should consider. Tell us a little bit about the prominence of Babylon in the Bible.
2: Well, you know, it might surprise people to learn that the Bible mentions Babylon over 280 times, and that's a lot. Yes. And uh, just in terms of the book of Revelation alone, which contains 404 verses, out of those verses, 44 of them deal with Babylon. And so what you said at the top of the show was right. You know, over 10% of the book of Revelation deals with Babylon. And to me, when a topic is mentioned that often, that means it's important. It's something God wants you to know about. And in my thinking, learning something about Babylon, especially New Babylon of the end times, is not a mere option for the Christian. If you believe the Bible is important, then you need to know something about Babylon and New Babylon in Bible prophecy. And so that's really why I wrote the book.
0: Well, great. And uh, as we look at the book, I know there's so much that we want to get into. And Joe, I want you to jump in here and share a little bit about it as well.
3: I'm a history buff, so I love the fact that you went into as much detail as you did about Babylon in Bible history. And one of the things you did was to make the comparison between Babylon, which is mentioned as many times as you said, but the most mentioned city in the Bible, You made a comparison between Jerusalem and Babylon. Explain that comparison.
2: Well, you know, it really is a fascinating comparison. Uh, Jerusalem is the most often mentioned city in the Bible, but Babylon is number two. It's the second most often uh, mentioned city. And so again, that means that Babylon is an important city for us to know about. Interestingly, the the word Jerusalem literally means city of peace, whereas Babylon means city of confusion and war. Jerusalem is portrayed as God's city in the Bible, but Babylon is portrayed as a demonic city. We read in Scripture that God's temple was built and will one day be rebuilt in Jerusalem, but we also learn that the Tower of Babel, which was a paganized effort of human beings to basically infringe upon God and his rights, was built in Babylon. So we see those contrasts there. Uh, The book of Revelation describes the New Jerusalem, which is our eternal city that we'll live in in heaven, as a chaste and beautiful bride. But New Babylon is described as a great prostitute. Jerusalem is portrayed as an eternal city in heaven. New Babylon is portrayed as a temporal city that will one day be destroyed by God himself. And that's one of the reasons why in my book, that I sort of gave a uh, tongue-in-cheek description of the Bible as a tale of two cities, Jerusalem and Babylon. And, uh, you know, again, I think it's important that we know something about both of these cities. And in fact, I might mention to you just right now, I'm thinking of writing a book on Jerusalem one of these days. But for now, it's New Babylon.
0: Well, that would be fascinating to have a book on the counterpart there talking about Jerusalem as well. But in addition to Revelation, where we see so much emphasis on New Babylon and what happens to it in the last days, the prophet Daniel gave us one of the clearest insights into Babylon. And you itemize all of Daniel's observations and prophecies in the book, and it's a long list. I want us to take a moment to look at these, though. What are some of the main points that we learn about Babylon from the book of Daniel?
2: Well, you're right, it's a long list, and, you know, if I had an hour or two to speak about it, I would. But let me just give you some highlights. By looking at ancient Babylon back in Daniel's time, we gain a lot of insights about what New Babylon will be like in the end times. For example, back in Daniel's day, Babylon promoted false religion. New Babylon will do the same thing in the end times. Just as ancient Babylon at Daniel's day was an important commercial and trade center, so new Babylon in the end times will be a commercial powerhouse. And just as Babylon's king, Nebuchadnezzar, along with the city of Babylon were dominant over the Jewish people and their temple, we learn from Revelation that the Antichrist and new Babylon will be dominant over the Jewish people. Um, I'm sure that you guys in your studies have talked about how Nebuchadnezzar considered himself as a god above all other deities. Well, likewise, the Antichrist will exalt himself to deity, and he will challenge anyone who claims to be a deity or claims to have another object of worship aside from himself. And just as ancient Babylon forced false religion upon people, So New Babylon will do the same thing under the leadership of the Antichrist. I could say more, but the point is, is that when you line up the characteristics of ancient Babylon right next to the characteristics of New Babylon, we see that they line up perfectly. And again, that's why I say that we learn a great deal about the future New Babylon by studying ancient Babylon back in Daniel's day.
0: And it's interesting, though, that when people study Babylon, whether it's the average Bible reader or someone who is a scholar of Bible prophecy, you get this idea that Babylon has more than one view that's been considered, and many have talked about it from a variety of perspectives. In just a moment, we're going to take a break, but I want to encourage our listeners to stick with us, because even though you may think you have a particular view of Babylon figured out from the Bible, or maybe you don't know your view at all on the topic, there is a lot of information that uh, Dr. Rhodes has to share. With this on this issue to help us understand who Babylon is, where it's located, and why it's important in the last days and even for us today. So, stick with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be back in just a moment.
1: From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute ever feel like you're just treading water? Like you're barely surviving? If so, you're not alone. In Job 7 we read, My life drags by day after hopeless day. I'm tired of living. My life makes no sense. Friend, when you are tired, draw close to God, draw strength from God. He loves you. He will renew you. In Isaiah 40, 31, we read, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint claim that promise today. Don't pull back. Don't slow down. Don't stop short. When tough times come, remember God is with you. And the I'm a Watchman team stands with you too. Don't hesitate to send questions or your prayer request to I'maWatchman.com. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com.
0: Welcome back to View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs, along with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Dr. Ron Rhodes about Babylon, the new Babylon that's predicted in the book of Revelation, talked about throughout the Bible in terms of future prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled. But when we talk about Babylon, many times people are confused or simply don't know what this Babylon identifies as. What city is it? Is it the historical Babylon? Is it some other city that we don't know about? Is it some religious system? And we want to cover that in this segment. So there are different views or interpretations of the new Babylon. And let's talk about those views, Dr. Rhodes. One is that Babylon in Revelation refers to the city of Rome. Uh, Talk a little bit about the reason for that view and perhaps some of the problems with that.
2: Well, of course, Rome was existent back in uh, the New Testament times, and so since it was the great persecutor of God's people, and even the persecutor of some of the Jews, it seemed logical for some people to latch on to that idea. And as well, uh, Rome has been described as the city with seven hills, and a lot of people think that sounds like Rome, because Rome allegedly has seven hills, right? even though scholars debate that. Some say it's nine hills. In any event, here's the problem. To say that the references to Babylon in the book of Revelation refer to Rome necessitates that you take the term Babylon metaphorically. The problem is, is that all the other locations listed in the book of Revelation are literal locations. That includes the cities of Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamum and Thyatira and Sardis and Philadelphia and Laodicea. These are all literal geographical locations. Revelation talks about Asia. It talks about Babylon along the Euphrates River, which is a literal river. And so I don't think that we can ignore those clear geographical markers. And for that reason, I do take Babylon to refer to Babylon. And we know that when you line up the characteristics of Babylon against what we know to be true of Rome, they really don't line up that good. And just to give you one example out of many, Rome did not fall suddenly or dramatically or completely or permanently, as was true of the Babylon in Revelation 18. Babylon's fall is very sudden. It's over quickly. In fact, Revelation 18.8 says that Babylon is destroyed within a single hour, burned up with fire. So that's pretty quick. By contrast, Rome's decline was very slow. It took place over many centuries. Rome, the city, fell in AD 476, but it wasn't until 1453, a thousand years later, that the Roman Empire fell. So even though I've got many friends who hold to this viewpoint, uh, I agree to disagree in an agreeable way with my friends on this one because I do think that it's referring to a little city instead of Rome.
3: That's a good one to bring up, because we've had other people on the program talk about other interpretations of that. One of them that's been around for a long time, which is very popular among certain groups that point toward the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church being Babylon, that's been around for quite a while, and a lot of people have written about that. What's your view on that?
2: Well, I've also had a number of friends who have held to that view. In fact, my old friend Dave Hunt, who's now with the Lord, held to that viewpoint. And uh, God bless them, but this is another one of those issues where we just have to agree to disagree in an agreeable way. And I think we have to approach it humbly. I think all people that study prophecy should have that attitude. To me, the Roman Catholic Church, even though it's a wealthy church, is certainly not the global economic and commercial powerhouse that is described in Revelation 18. Furthermore, Roman Catholicism has never ruled over all the political leaders and peoples of the nations of the earth. It's never exercised and never will exercise global dominion over the earth politically and economically. And I think that if Roman Catholicism should be destroyed somehow, I hardly think that the world's leaders and global merchants would woefully lament as they do when New Babylon is destroyed. In fact, when Babylon is destroyed, according to Revelation 18, the earth kings say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, in a single hour your judgment has come. And the same thing is true of the merchants of the earth. They mourn and they weep for the destruction of new Babylon. And again, I hardly think that would be the case if Roman Catholicism somehow got destroyed. Uh, still further, Roman Catholicism has never engaged in a slave trade, as will be true of New Babylon. And besides, as I pointed out earlier, all the evidence in the book of Revelation indicates that every single geographical location mentioned in Revo- Revelation is a literal place, including all the cities of Revelation chapters 2 and 3. So uh, even though there's a lot of people that may hold this viewpoint, and I respect people that hold it, my personal interpretation of scripture is that it just doesn't fit the facts of the book of revelation
0: well that's an interesting response to it i know uh, many still have questions about this other view that's come out more recently it's very controversial in some regards that babylon would refer to mecca and they would identify the antichrist as a muslim what problems do you see with that particular view
2: well, that is the view. It's been promoted by my friend Joel Richardson. Uh, I love you, Joel, but I disagree with you on this. Uh, I think that this is one of those things where you have to be like the Bereans and test it against Scripture. And if it doesn't measure up, then you've got to adjust your interpretation. First of all, I don't think it's reasonable to say the Antichrist will be a Muslim. Daniel nine twenty six indicates he will be a Roman from the people who destroyed Jerusalem and its temple. Furthermore, we know that the Antichrist will sign a covenant with Israel at the beginning of the tribulation period. I think it's inconceivable that Israel would trust its security and its future to a Muslim leader with a Muslim covenant, given the current Muslim sentiments against Israel. Uh, Still further, a big problem for that viewpoint is the fact that the Antichrist will claim to be God. No good Muslim would ever do that. That would involve an absolute trashing of the Muslim creed, which says there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. And since no Muslim leader would claim to be God, it's a given that the Antichrist will not be a Muslim because the Antichrist will claim to be God. I hope that makes sense. Uh, As for Babylon, referring to Mecca, I don't think so. Again, all the geographical markers and locations in Revelation are literal places. There's no good reason to read Babylon metaphorically as referring to Mecca. And so further, uh, we read in Ezekiel 36-39 that the Muslims will launch an invasion into Israel, and that invasion will take place either before or at the very beginning of the tribulation period, and God himself will destroy the Muslim forces. It's very difficult to imagine how a Muslim Antichrist could emerge from the ashes of the destroyed Muslim forces and take over the world. It seems inconceivable. And so for that and many other reasons that I outline in my book, this is just one of those views where we just have to agree to disagree in an agreeable way. I think it makes a lot more sense to interpret Babylon as a literal city.
0: Well, this is wonderful, and I appreciate Dr. Ron Rhodes talking about the New Babylon. And we will be right back after this break for more on the topic. Stay with us; we'll be right back on a view from the wall.
1: The Rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? we've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord, plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an eight gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org.
0: Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kerr, we've been speaking with Dr. Ron Rhodes about the new Babylon that the Bible talks about will have such an important role in the end times. We talked briefly about the Antichrist who is to come and his relationship with the new Babylon. Now, Dr. Rhodes, how feasible is it that the Antichrist will completely rebuild the city of Babylon during the seven-year tribulation period?
2: Well, you know, people have often asked questions about the feasibility of certain prophecies, I remember that people living back in the early 1940s were claiming that the um, fanatical Christians who were teaching that Israel would one day be reborn as a nation were crazy, and that the very idea was utterly infeasible. Right. Well, the unthinkable happened. Under God's providential hand, Israel suddenly became a nation in 1948, against all odds. Though the building of Babylon in the end times may seem infeasible to some people— Let me just say that I base my understanding of prophecy not on what is feasible, but on what the prophetic scripture says. And I believe it says that Babylon will be renewed and rebuilt in the end times. You may recall that when the late Saddam Hussein was in power, he spent over $1 billion in oil money to fairly quickly enhance Babylon. And in his case, the billion dollars accomplished the revival of the city in a rather rapid fashion. When the Antichrist comes into power during the tribulation period, he will have access not only to unlimited funding, but to an unlimited workforce. And what the Antichrist wants, the Antichrist will get. And he will make Saddam Hussein's efforts seem puny by comparison. Now, guys, it's my expectation that the oil revenues in Iraq and the more broad Middle East will be the primary source of funding for the rebuilding of Babylon.
3: Dr. Rhodes, one of the things that is an obvious point in the book of Revelation and connected there in several different places to Babylon is this mark of the beast. Talk about how they relate to each other and what part does that play in the new Babylon?
2: Well, that's a great question. I think that the commercial new Babylon will be headed up by an economic genius, We call him the Antichrist. Starting at the midpoint of the tribulation period, the religious capital of the Antichrist will be Jerusalem, where he has set up an image of himself in the Jewish temple. Meanwhile, his economic and public capital will be New Babylon, which becomes the commercial capital of the world. It may be that the Antichrist has both a religious headquarters and an economic-political headquarters. Now, let's not forget that the Antichrist through the false prophet will require everyone to be given the mark of the beast on the right hand or the forehead, and no one can buy or sell without having that mark. So here's our deduction. Here is our inference. We infer that all the products purchased by commercial New Babylon accounting for New Babylon's great wealth and economic success in the world will be related to merchants around the world who have already received the mark of the beast. Nobody who has not received the mark of the beast will be able to sell and become rich by giving their products to New Babylon. So it seems like it's a requirement that people have the mark of the beast in order to do business with New Babylon. And so this is really a brilliant thing that the Antichrist has set up. It's a squeeze play, And he's got control of the whole world's economy through this squeeze play.
0: Well, this is interesting because when you talk about the mark of the beast, people get concerned about that even now because we see evidence of the world moving toward this new Babylon today in our news and our headlines. You see, for example, people in certain countries getting a little microchip put into their hand and people fear that they're taking the mark of the beast when they do that. And no, we're not concerned about that so much. How do these prophetic signs relate to the times of the new Babylon in the tribulation period?
2: Well, you know, I could preach a whole sermon on that one, but I know I don't have a lot of time, so let me just give you a couple of highlights of the signs of the times.
0: Sure.
2: First of all, anti-Semitism is growing today, and that's preparing the world for New Babylon's persecution of the Jews. Today, the Middle East conflict is out of control, but the Antichrist will one day solve it, and one day he'll take over the entire Middle East and set up his own headquarters in New Babylon. Babylon. Prophecy reveals that the Muslim nations will one day attack Israel. Well, with the Muslim forces taken out of the way when God destroys them, that will make it much easier for the Antichrist to assume control and build his headquarters in New Babylon. Furthermore, we know from Scripture that the Antichrist and New Babylon will persecute Christians and believers worldwide. This refers to people who become believers during the Tribulation period because the church has already been raptured out of the world. Here's the thing. Christians today are already being persecuted and even martyred in different parts of the world. So that's preparing the way for the new Babylon's persecution of Christians around the world. Uh, There's much more that could be said, but let me just summarize it this way. What we're witnessing in the world is a setting of the stage for the coming into power of the Antichrist as well as his agenda with new Babylon. And that involves both the false religion and a political economic system that will have worldwide power.
3: Wow. That's a sobering thought. And with all of that, talking about the antichrist, the mark of the beast, the new Babylon and the direction that the world is drifting toward that. And as fast of a pace as they are, it's easy to shift into fear. Uh, as we, Close each program. We try to bring a word of encouragement and challenge to our Watchman community, those who are watching, warning, witnessing, and seeking to finish well. Keep them out of fear, Doctor Rhodes. What what should the attitude of Watchmen be in these last days?
2: Well, very briefly, four things. In John fourteen three, Jesus was speaking prophetically to his followers, and then he instructed them, "Let not your hearts be troubled." In 1 Thessalonians four thirteen to 18 the Apostle Paul is speaking prophetically of the end times. And he closes his words by saying, Therefore encourage one another with these words. The Apostle John, under the inspiration of the Spirit, wrote the book of Revelation to comfort first-century Christians who were being persecuted and martyred. And then finally, almost all the prophecies we read about in the New Testament are found right next to an exhortation to live righteously. And so I leave four principles with you when you look at the prophecies of the end times. Number one, don't let your heart be troubled. Number two, be encouraged by God's word. Number three, be comforted because God's in control. And number four, all the while, live righteously, all the way up until the time of the rapture of the church.
0: Well, those are some great words. You've been listening to Dr. Ron Rhodes. He's the author of New Babylon Rising, the Emerging End Times World Order, a book from Harvest House Publishers. We want to encourage you to go to Iamawatchman.com. You can pick up your own copy from our bookstore there at Iamawatchman.com. And Dr. Rhodes, thanks again for being with us here today on A View from the Wall.
2: Always
0: a pleasure. Thank you. Yes, well, again, we appreciate you being with us. We look forward to you joining us again. If you'd like to get a copy of today's program, you can download it yourself at IamAWatchman.com and join us online at any of our social media networks. Stay involved with the movement and be part of witnessing, warning, and watching for the Lord's return. Thank you for joining us on A View from the Wall.